Dagmara, thank you for coming in. You have such a wonderful career of accomplishment and contribution to the global community and uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights with our audience today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Stephen, for introducing me and inviting me. So, Dagmara, you know, you, you as I mentioned, have this uh, remarkable career. There must have been maybe two or three inflection points in your life that made this wonderful person you are today with its amazing uh, contributions and accomplishments. And it could have been maybe when you were three or five or when you were in school, it could be some mentor, it could be past roles you had or your current role. Can you maybe describe two or three inflection points like that in your life? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting reflecting back, but uh, in my case, I'm, I'm an unusual case. Number one, uh, geography was my passion. It, it was my favorite topic. So uh, traveling around the world was something I always desired. And uh, I, originally, I wanted to actually be a photographer uh, because I thought photography would allow me to see the world. But it was actually my aunt who was a professor of marketing who inspired me to choose marketing instead of photography to study. And uh, the little I knew was that it was actually advertising that allowed me to, to see the world and build global brands uh, and allow me to travel around the world and learn about different consumers and uh, different behaviors and, and see how we can apply the art of marketing to build global brands. But it was really my passion for, for travel and it was my aunt, I would say. Well, you know, that's really quite interesting. You, you had this interest in geography. And then, uh, and so you're, you would be very inclusive in your thinking. You'd be very broad, right? Because when you travel, you, you got to be open-minded. Yeah, you got to respect different cultures and different ways of thinking. And then uh, your, your aunt is in, involved in, uh, in fact, as I was academic and marketing. So, and that got your interest in marketing. And of course, advertising is a component of, of marketing. It's a very important part. And you have to be very conscious of different cultures and different points of view. So, so I can see how that's shaped to where you are today, where, you know, you're the managing director of this, <laughs> of the largest uh, uh, advertising association. So can you talk about how you got involved with the IAA and what the IAA is and, and what your goals are? So uh, I spent almost 20 years building global brands uh, across a variety of advertising uh, uh, agencies, as well as I had my own consultancy. Uh, but uh, when I reached uh, uh, to my, my 50th, 50th birthday, I realized, you know, it's time to give back. And I was approached by the IEA with the idea to, <clears throat> to help modernize uh, uh, really a heritage uh, association that was eight years old at that time. And I had a lot of luxury experience. And with, like, with any luxury brand, you always look back to the heritage of the brand. So when I dig deep into the heritage of IA, I find out that it was funded at the Harvard Club uh, 80 years ago back then with a vision to serve as the global compass for the, uh, for the marketing communications community. So actually we had a compass in the logo. And then 40 years later, somebody came in and got rid of this compass and put three letters IAA because all the other associations had three letters in their name. 
uh, and by obviously by doing this it was a big mistake because it removed kind of the leadership position of IEA from its pedestal. So I thought maybe the assignment is not too, too difficult. I'm going just to bring back the meaning of the compass and, and relaunch the association with completely new uh, identity. And this is what we did with the whole leadership team of IEA, which is really truly the largest uh, global association in the world, um, serving the industry by uh, for the leadership, providing the latest knowledge in the fastest changing industry in the world, uh, we relaunched it as, as the Global Compass five years ago and, and have been growing. So we, uh, unlike uh, a lot of associations, we accept the members from all of the sectors of the marketing uh, communications industry, and we harvest this knowledge from both the practitioners as well as the academia to really point the industry to what's coming next in building high value brands. And we do this through a portfolio of conferences, through webinars, through content, but also by bringing together the most influential members from around the world. We, are, uh, we have the ambition to be the most influential network uh, coming from different sectors who exchange ideas and knowledge to really uh, help share with the industry what does it take today to build high value brands. Uh, and, and it's a very exciting time to be in this industry because, uh, because of technology, the world is changing. It's changing at the, at the pace that we've never seen before. So the industry really needs constantly be educated and re-educated uh, and not just the industry, but also the academia. We talk very often to students who really feel like their professors don't have enough knowledge to, to keep them up to speed. This is why they can tap into IE as well and we have a lot of members coming from the academia to, to get this know, the latest knowledge. That's fascinating. So you're, you're encompassing the, the science of marketing and the science of advertising and communications and you're making sure that that's up to date and it's infused with all of these amazing technologies that are out there. And then you're assuring that the organizations and the companies that are involved and then the individual sole practitioners that are involved and marketing, communications, and advertising are also engaged so that you have this, as you indicated, like a North Star or a compass to guide them, to inform them, to collaborate together, to ensure that you're gonna be the most effective in, in enhancing brand messaging and so on. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we are very, very uh, inclusive and it's critical that we really harvest knowledge from everybody. Uh, obviously paying attention to the fact that at the, at the top level, we need to have the most progressive players uh, to be part of the IEA to truly deliver on the vision of the global compass. And uh, we really uh, constantly, I mean, COVID was a very challenging time as, you, as we all know. Uh, and we felt like uh, this was a perfect moment, perfect opportunity to showcase our industry in front of governments as well. And to show to the governments that creativity and innovation are key strategic assets in helping to revive economies and governments should be paying more attention to uh, our industry because they should actually see our industry as strategic asset to help uh, improve economies and to, to provide knowledge and innovation on how to deal with uh, all those challenges just like, like the pandemic for example but uh, we are able to do this because we have truly all of the stakeholders of the industry. We can very easily tap into vertical expertise to provide knowledge uh, related to 
what does it take today to build high value brands? And th this is also a very interesting topic on its own because highest value brands today, most of them still come from North America. But what we are noticing is that the other regions like Western Europe, even Asia, that are also producing those highest value brands. But the continents like Africa, for example, even Latin America, where there is no enough knowledge about what does it take today to build high value brands. So IEA on one hand provides global knowledge to all of the countries around the world, but also we, uh, we are able to identify the most innovative brands and knowledge coming from a specific country to inform the rest of the world. So kind of it works both ways. On one hand, we share global knowledge, but also we amplify local knowledge to, to make sure that the knowledge kind of, there is a good knowledge exchange between the two ecosystems, global and local. That's fascinating. And I didn't realize uh, until today that you also interface with governments. You know, there's basically 193 plus governments around the world. And you want to ensure that all of the capability, all of the knowledge and expertise you have in your association is also available because governments have to message, right, to their communities and, and there's so much innovation occurring. So they have to manage that. They have to manage uh, all of the, the challenges as well as the opportunities to make sure they get that messaging right. So you're working with governments. And then you talked about the different regions of the world. And, and you know, I'm an investor, so I know that Africa now is a big rising area and it's really to enable Africans uh, who are in Africa to be able to own and then to grow all of the different aspects that uh, that are happening within Africa. But also um, they're sharing because there's a lot of expertise in different parts of the world. So you're saying that um, that sharing can help and accelerating, maybe leapfrogging some of the some of the marketing communications and advertising that's occurring within the African context, that local context, so the global and local. So within that messaging, then, um, which are the fastest growing regions of the world? I'd imagine something like India or Africa would be the fastest growing or, or not. Uh, Asia and Africa, for sure, but even, you know, Central Europe, um, we have been leveraging some of the fastest growing regions. For example, we have a conference in Africa called Africa Rising, and this year is going to be our fifth edition because, you know, to your point, we, we recognize that there is a big opportunity to educate some of those uh, fast emerging economies and, and really make them uh, and share the knowledge, global knowledge with them so they can accelerate growth. So we have this conference in Ghana called Africa Rising, where we bring global knowledge uh, to the African community. And we are growing that community to, with the objective to share best practices uh, and, and latest trends so, so we can benefit uh, local economies. And very often we introduce local regulatory people, government people, so they can learn as well. Uh, and so there can be really a greater collaboration between the industry and the governments, so that we can also create smarter regulation moving forward. Because very often what we find is that the knowledge is changing so fast and governments don't get educated on time to really proactively collaborate with our industry to develop smart regulations, for example. Yeah, and so I can see the personalization and the localization of precision because you really have to match the local community as well. 
when you're when you're doing the best practices, you you have to tailor or tune to that local uh, community. But you mentioned government regulation. How does uh, so? I'm new to advertising, so tell me, what does that mean, you know, making sure that policy fits what you're doing? Uh, well, you know, public policy and government affairs is a really, uh, there are big activities in our industry. So we have a policy council, we have a global policy council run uh, by Jeff Greenbaum, who is uh, the chairman of uh, GALA, Global Advertising Lawyers Alliance. He's a real vertical expert. Uh, they have offices across 80 different countries. So Jeff at IEA is in charge of opening, uh, really creating bridges with governments around the world during our conferences to make sure that we educate governments on the latest development in our industry so they can be better informed. Because as you can imagine, the uh, public policy ecosystem is extremely fragmented. Just look at the privacy issues. Uh, obviously, Europe had started it. Uh, the US has very sophisticated public policy, but it's all very fragmented. So imagine if you are a global brand and you want to operate around the world, just the cost of really dealing with lawyers to understand privacy policies around the world is very costly. And if you are a small business, uh, you, you can't afford all of this. So it's really critical that we simplify this very fragmented ecosystem. So IEA, this is one of the things we deal with at IEA. We help to educate uh, the industry and governments with the ultimate uh, objective to really simplify a very fragmented ecosystem. So, uh, Dagmar, you know, this, this idea of, of policy and how that interleaves and why it's so important. You talked about privacy, of course, that's on everybody's mind and the regulation associated with that. And of course, advertising is so critical. And, and infused with all of these aspects. So can, can you talk about um, what you would like to do from an expansion standpoint of your organization and, and how um, different communities out there can get engaged with your organization to build out more so what your vision is uh, for, for your IAA? Uh, well, you know, in order to really walk the talk of the global compass to deliver on this vision, we really have to be in as many countries as possible. And uh, I, a long time ago, used to be across 100 countries. Okay. And uh, at that moment, uh, we have access to 56, but we have only 35 operating chapters. So I would love and welcome anybody who is interested in opening a and I chapter in countries where we don't operate because I believe in order to advocate for truly global uh, yet responsible ecosystem, we have to work together as, as really as a global community. So it really will take the whole world <laughs> to, to help create this uh, responsible um, and smart ecosystem where creativity and brands can thrive. Uh, and we are not there yet in terms of the uh, number of chapters. So uh, I would welcome anybody from the marketing communications industry who is a founder uh, or a CEO of uh, any company in one of the sectors of the industry to reach out to us and see if we can work together. And we have all the tools uh, to really open uh, chapters in places where we don't operate currently. 
Dagmara, we explored this uh, marvelous history you have, and we talked about the inflection points that led to where you are today in your career, and it's continuing. We talked about the history of the IAA and the communities they interface with, including governments and, and the fact the impact of governments because of policy and privacy, and, and I could see why that's important. And your mission, of course, is to grow IAA into the 193 countries around the world, because that's sort of like the UN um, distribution of countries, 193 and maybe a little bit more, and because you've got a legacy of being in the majority of the countries of the world. So now on this um, remaining part, what I'd like to do is get into some of your history. I mean, you came from Poland, but and then you uh, moved to the U.S. And, and you worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, like Unilever and P&G and so on. I'd like to explore some of that experience and the lessons you gained. And then we'll get into some of the metrics of advertising and trends, and then we'll get into uh, the impact of technology, because advertisers are one of the most um, progressive users of technology in the world today. So, okay, so first of all, your your history, because you, I mean, it, it's it's quite remarkable. I mean, I, I was reading uh, your background, like literally P and G, Unilever, Pfizer, um, Estee Lauder, Ralph Lauren. Taylor Swift, I mean, uh, fragrance, uh, you know, in real estate. And so, I mean, it just, it just covers the spectrum. So can you talk about some of the lessons you gained from that and your journey with regards to that? And there must be behavioral changes, right? If you're marketing and doing advertising in Asia versus in America, can you describe, you know, what are the, some of the challenges and how do you overcome it in this advertising uh, process? Uh, well, I, I don't know where to start. There is the, there is a lot to cover, but uh, you know, um, in the I spent twenty years building global brands. Uh, I was very lucky to kind of uh, start doing this early on in my career. Uh, I moved to Hong Kong uh, a year and a half after really starting my career in Poland, and and was very lucky to work with some of those consumer packaged goods uh, who are, who tend to be very strategic and very KPI oriented uh, to, to help launch completely entirely new categories in Asia Pacific, like, like mumfosh, uh, which was a challenge because as you can imagine in some of the parts of Asia 20 years ago, even brushing teeth twice a, twice a day uh, wasn't a habit. Uh, so we, it was a fascinating experience launching mumfosh or yogurt, uh, launching cheese, craft cheese across the whole region where in some parts of Asia, children hated the taste of cheese because they were growing up eating rice. But in Indonesia, for example, because of the Dutch influence, children loved cheese because this was something they grew up with. But uh, you know, to make a long story short, uh, after working with so many different categories across different countries in, in the US, you know, globally in Europe, in Latin America, there is one universal truth, really. There is one formula to building global category-leading brands. And really, the art of marketing uh, lies in infusing a commodity with an emotion. Uh, if you can do this uh, well, this, this positioning can really translate across the whole world. Uh, so, so the art of building the brand, the mission, the values, really uh, has stayed the same for all those years. But what is changing is really how to uh, really 
engage with consumers because of all those technology changes, all the consumer behaviors changing. And this is what's so fascinating. Uh, and today, obviously, um, again, the, the building blocks of strategy have not changed so much, the, the who, the what, and the how, but really technology completely has revolutionized the way consumers are engaging with brands. Uh, and and it's not very easy for people around the world to catch up with this. And what I realized from my experience is that not every market in the world has the luxury to have the latest knowledge on how to build global brands. So what we do at IEA, we help to democratize this knowledge. And we really leverage the best practices from around the world and make them accessible to every corner of the world. And I think this is this is kind of the noble mission of IEA, democratizing that global knowledge, because I really believe the world will be a better place if more markets, more economies had uh, the knowledge on how to build high value brands, because right now the highest value brands are still in uh, North America, in Western Europe, in some of the Asian countries, but uh, in Africa, in Latin America, in Central Europe, uh, uh, there is no really high uh, value brands that com that can compete really with some of the greatest largest brands in the world so so this is i think the knowledge i have gained over the years uh, the fact that brands are built and activated different today but the basic blocks have not changed and uh, providing this knowledge to the rest of the world is a big opportunity for an association like iea so I'm just doing some real-time analysis of what you're what you're saying. Um, advertising, though, would, or, or marketing communications and advertising would be so specific. So you have to personalize it. You have to have some precision. That personalization has to be localized as well. And you have to um, spur emotion, right? Behavioral changes or encourage uh, certain kinds of behaviors. I think that's a, a really interesting perspective. And yet you're saying there's there's common processes for building brands. And then you, you would have to use those common building blocks of experience that you gained and within the IAA and sharing that, um, that workflow and process of how to do that. But then you have to target in some way, right? So did, did, did I get that right? So <laughs> some building blocks are the same. Uh, the beginning of crafting a brand, uh, finding this emotion and infusing it into a commodity and own it. So this is kind of the, the, the part that stays the same, but how you activate it and build it and, and how you develop a marketing plan uh, and communication plan to activate it, this obviously has changed significantly. And to your point, uh, because of technology, it's, it's now highly personalized. And in fact, the highest value brands, what they have in common is they create something what we call a relentless relevance. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not easy to be a relentless relevance because you want to be top of mind with consumers all the time. So this is what this is where the today's art of marketing lies. This is where you can leverage incredible insights, behavioral insights, attitudinal insights, but also technology to, to develop. Uh, an experience, brand experience that allows for this uh, relentless relevance. So, so this obviously is very complicated, uh, and it depends how you, it, depending on the category, you you do it in a different way. But I'm I'm talking about 
what I meant by constant is really that the beginning of infusing emotion into a brand and building that brand uh, purpose, brand values, and, and kind of the branded ecosystem. Uh, from my experience, this process still is the same. So let's say you're introducing, let's just call it uh, Region X. Uh, so yes. don't target any sort of country or, or whatever, but just sort of some region. And and what you're saying then is, um, uh, or maybe to walk me through then, you're targeting a, a particular region that they, they don't behaviorally have this product or use it, and yet you want to introduce that product. Um, so what, what would be the steps to ensure that you... Uh, get this uh, relentless uh, sort of uh, uptake of what you're trying to do, right? And and as you indicated, it would differ depending on the kind of product and service that you're trying to introduce as well, right? It, it'd be different. But so uh, what does that look like from start to end? And I know we don't have a lot of time left, but maybe you can give me sort of a, some of the some of the steps, right? Well, it's, it, it is a complicated process that you have to start with the need. If there is a need, there is an opportunity to launch a brand. So you start with this need and identifying this need. Uh, and then you want to drive awareness, obviously, of, of this product. But you have to, uh, this is what separates great brands from products. In order to have a brand, you have to find that emotional, the emotional space that you are trying to fulfill. So uh, there is a lot of obviously research and art going into this. Uh, but once you have the need and you have a brand, then you drive awareness and engagement to, to try to develop this relentless uh, relevance. Obviously, um, you know, the, the Googles, the Amazons of the world, the technology players are really the masters of building this relentless relevance. Uh, it's not easy for any category category to, to do this uh, because simply people don't need consumer packaged goods uh, all the time as much as you need some of those technology brands, right? Like like Google, like Amazon, like Nike. So, so, so certain categories and certain brands are way better because of the kind of business they're in, in building this relentless relevance than other sectors and categories. So uh, it really it's it's complicated. You have to really understand kind of your playground and and your business. But the ultimate goal, you know, from our research, uh, is if you the more relevant you are, obviously, and if you can create this relentless relevance, this is where you own majority of the, the of the consumer mind and the consumer heart. So let's now get into the, uh, um, some of the advertising trends that you're seeing, the marketing communication advertising trends uh, that you've uh, been seeing. So um, let's say uh, 30 years ago uh, or 20 years ago, 10 years ago, today, and then five years into the future. Can you sort of discuss how it's been changing and, and so I guess some of these trends will be uh, following the demographic changes and trends. It'll be following, and I guess that changes depending on the region. It would depend. Uh, some of the trends could be economic ch changes that are occurring around the world, perhaps. I'm I'm just kind of brainstorming, and then following the technical trends and and writing those technical trends as well. 
can, can you, um, in your mind, because you're an expert in this area, you've been doing it for such a long time, what are these big buckets and trends that you're seeing? Well, there are so many different ways to look into the, the space, you know, like I think you, this is, a, again, a very big question. Number one, uh, obviously, media fragmentation, right? This is a very large trend. Um, my daughter, for example, consumes 100% of her brand choices on TikTok. <laughs> uh, so we've moved from you know, radio and and uh, TV and and print and out of home to desktop to mobile, and now there are all those new platforms emerging almost on monthly basis now. Where and we we see the consumer shift, uh, where the consumer certain consumer demographics are moving entirely to to different platforms. So if you are a brand, you really have to be up to date uh, on all those different consumer behaviors because you if you are targeting. Uh, young generation, you might be missing them completely if you are not in in spaces where they socialize, right? So, so this is one very large trend. The second big trend is younger consumers, uh, obviously replacing the baby boomers, uh, are not buying just brands. They are buying into brands. They are buying into the brand's values and beliefs. So there is a big trend. Brands that are able to humanize. Um, you know, they they branded ecosystem uh, much have my uh, have much higher chances of engaging with consumers than others, because uh, simply consumers are choosing brands based based on the value proposition, uh, and uh, also peer to peer recommendation. Technology has empowered people have a voice in the brand building process. So. Um, Again, as a as a brand, you have to be very good in listening and engaging influencers to be a part of your branded or brand building ecosystem. So, so these are some of the very large macro trends that are really reshaping our industry. And you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the consumer. So if you are a brand builder, you have to stay close to, to changing consumer behaviors, changing consumer needs. Obviously, macro trends like COVID. COVID has really revolutionized the way consumers think about uh, brands. And I think sustainability is going to play a very important role moving forward. Uh, and more brands have to pay attention to sustainability and not just from a communication point of view, but from a brand strategy point of view. Uh, consumers are smart enough today to really do research and, and recognize brands that are really authentic. So authenticity is becoming very, very important. So these are just some some of the trends we are seeing. You know, I, that's fascinating. I, I could see just doing a whole hour <laughs> on talking about these 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 trends and and really mining them for some detail. Uh, um, okay, let's let's now shift because and it's been underwriting much of what we're talking about or or foundational is technology, right? You talked about radio as a technology medium to communicate then. Then television. Oh, I guess it originally print <laughs> uh, to a large extent. Then and radio. Then television, and of course the internet. And then within the internet, social media and search, right, as being some of the largest uh, platforms. But now you're seeing this rapid rise of generative AI, uh, yes. where companies can actually use this tool to write copy, for example, right, uh, advertising content and. And the uh, behavioral characteristics that this could uncover. So 
can you talk and, and the metaverse, right? Uh, or this idea of the metaverse, you know, that sort of uh, the term maybe has lost favor right now, but the technology is going to increase these, these immersive uh, technologies that are out there uh, where you can experience a particular brand and uh, you can even try things on virtually, right? Through these immersive experiences, which would be this metaverse idea. And then, and then you can get into blockchain and all of those concepts associated with blockchain and what that means. So, uh, and and I and you know, marketing communications would be one of the foremost users of this. In fact, you probably would be the frontier users of that. So, out of all of the technologies now, then in your mind, what do you think is the most promising coming up that you think it is, is going to completely change your field? Well, all of those technologies are contributing significantly to reshaping our industry. And I think the key is not to be afraid of it. Uh, the key is to embrace it and test it. Uh, I think this is this is really what has been the learning over time. And but on the other hand, I think the industry needs some governance and guide in terms of what are the best practices and how to use uh, the technology in a way that's not harmful and it's safe and, and it's transparent. So I think the industry right now, as we speak, is really thinking through how to build this governance. And, and, and of, of course, early adopters uh, from our industry are embracing all of those technologies uh, all the time and and learning and i think this is why this industry continues to be one of the most exciting industry to be in it's highly innovative it's highly creative and um, we have it's it's so fragmented uh, you know from based on the different sectors of the industry that there are so many opportunities for innovators but certainly all of those technologies just continue to bring new ways to build brands new ways to engage with consumers uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, it's really, all of them will contribute to, to really building new brands, to building brands in, new, in different ways, to making our lives easier as, as industry. But as I said, we have to be very cautious to make sure that we do it in a way that's responsible and transparent. Uh, and at the end of the day, while allowing really for the freedom of commercial speech, and uh, why uh, allowing for for creativity to thrive, to continue to thrive, because this is what's so ex the most exciting thing about the industry is really applying creativity and innovation to help improve people's lives. Uh, this is what our industry is all about. Yeah, in fact, your industry would be at the center of the creator economy, right? I mean, every, right. there's a sort of democratization of creation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> everybody people are participating in in the creation as well i think this is uh, another big trend uh, consumers you know the last we were supposed to have uh, our last congress uh, ironically in st petersburg and the the theme of the congress was supposed to be power to people uh, because we really believe that you know people will have will only increase in power in terms of what they're demanding from governments from businesses from brands and we as the industry really have to pay close attention to this. And uh, on one hand, allowing people into the process and listening to them while really still keeping the artistry and the art of, of building uh, remarkable high value brands. So it's, it's very exciting times ahead of us. 
um, but there is a lot of different, uh, obviously, um, work streams going on as we speak. It's never a boring industry, and uh, we we have to see what all the new technology changes will bring. Um, because we as IEA, we always point the industry to the next frontier and work with, we, have, we are very lucky to have access to a lot of experts from around the world who who advise us on, on how to take advantage of, of those uh, latest developments, but also how to turn this challenge into an opportunity. And, and this, is, this is what we do. Uh, this is what we try to do. We try to provide this global advice to, to the rest of the world. You know, that's really fascinating. I can see now how you could be the intersection of everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is the, the ecosystem is quite complicated, but I think, as you mentioned, um, a lot of governments don't realize the, the value of brands and the value of our industry to governments and societies, the value of creativity and the value of innovation. And with governments changing so quickly, very often we don't have the time to really educate that governments because then a new government comes and uh, they have to be taught again. Uh, so we have to figure out how to be better about knowledge sharing uh, between sectors, but also globally. So Dagmara, we're down to our final question and really it's it's an open platform for you and we only have about two minutes left and that is, what are your final recommendations to the audience? Uh, stay creative, get passionate about creative and experiment. Uh, I think we are in the, the most exciting times to be in this industry. Uh, and I think the last topic I didn't mention, you know, diversity, equity, and quality. We have to embrace diversity as, as a strategic asset. Uh, there is a beauty in having diverse voices, uh, diverse ideas coming from all over and um, we as the industry should embrace it. So we welcome uh, as many voices to, to join IEA because we really uh, advocate for uh, diversity and belie we believe that the beauty of the IEA network is this our interna internationality and our diversity. And we would welcome you to learn more about IEA. Well, thank you again, Dagmara. I mean, definitely there's power and aggregating um, diverse forces, right? Diverse points of view. And that's where you get even more creativity and innovation. And you are you are the center point of that as managing director of the IAA with a tremendous history of success. And you're bringing all of those insights into the organization. I very much appreciate you coming in and sharing so much with our audience. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.